The sermon from St. John's Lutheran Church, Hancock, Minnesota, on June 13th, third Sunday after Pentecost. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week, we heard how God Almighty El Shaddai confirmed his covenant with Abraham in Genesis 17. He would be the father of many nations from which the Savior for the world would come. For his wife Sarah would have a son. Nothing is impossible for El Shaddai. He can do anything. Shortly after that, three visitors came to Abraham's tent. They looked like common travelers, but one was the Lord, and the other two were angels. Abraham invited them for a meal. The Lord again promised that Sarah would certainly have a son. Now, as the three begin to leave, we pick up the text, Genesis 18, verses 16 to 33. The men got up from there and looked over the city of Sodom. Abraham was going with them to send them on their way. The Lord said, Shall I keep hidden from Abraham what I am doing? Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation. All the nations of the earth will be blessed in him. For I have chosen him in order that he may command his sons and daughters after him, that they keep the way of the Lord, acting righteously and justly, so that the Lord may bring on Abraham what he has promised him. The Lord said, How greatly, how great the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah! How exceedingly heavy their sin! I will go down and see whether all that they are doing matches the outcry that has come to me. If not, I will know. Then the men turned away from there and went to Sodom. Abraham was still standing before the Lord. He drew near and said, Will you really sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Perhaps there are fifty righteous in the city. Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the fifty righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, killing the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous are treated the same as the wicked. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth act justly? The Lord said, If in Sodom I find fifty righteous people in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sakes. Abraham replied, Behold now, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord Adonai, but I am dust and ashes. Perhaps the fifty righteous lack five people. Will you destroy the whole city for a lack of five I will not destroy it if there are forty-five there. Yet again he spoke to him, Perhaps forty are found there. I will not destroy it for the sake of forty. May the Lord Adonai not be angry, but let me speak. Perhaps thirty are found there. I will not do it if I find thirty there. Behold, now I have undertaken to speak to the Lord Adonai. Perhaps twenty are found there. 
I will not destroy it for the sake of twenty. May the Lord Adonai not be angry, but let me speak yet once more. Perhaps ten are found there. I will not destroy it for the sake of ten. Then the Lord went away when he had finished speaking to Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. This is the word of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. The job market has been bad for many months. The unemployment rate has hovered around 10%. One bit of advice that many experts give is be persistent. And that's what we've told our 20-year-old daughter as well. Be persistent. Keep on applying for jobs. In fact, my wife Mary's brother had to apply over 800 times after he was laid off before he found a suitable job. Persistence. Oh, and persistence not only in filling out applications, but also in in following up. Let them know that you're eager for that job. Keep asking whether that position's filled. Keep at it. Persistent. Abraham persisted as he pleaded with the Lord in prayer. Now, what can you and I learn from Abraham's example? How are we to call on the one who is the Lord, Adonai? Now in our series here, as we focus on that third name, Adonai, as we seek to understand it, we realize that it's often translated Lord. And maybe one way for us to to begin to understand what what that all means is to, to go back to the Middle Ages. Picture a medieval manor. The peasants worked the surrounding fields. Craftsmen lived in the village. The manor house, maybe with a moat and a watchtower, dominated the landscape. The lord of the manor lived there. He ruled over the surrounding territory and people. They were his subjects, his vassals. He was to keep them safe, guarding and protecting them, administrating justice, keeping the peace, and they brought their petitions to him. Now, a medieval lord, though, only ruled over a limited territory. And there were many other lords that were his equal. Often he was subject to a king above him. How much greater the lord to whom Abraham uh, prays. Notice how Abraham addressed him as the judge of all the earth. Yes, this Lord rules over all in heaven above and on earth below. Nothing is outside his jurisdiction. Everything is under his justice. No one is his equal. No king is above him. For he is king of kings and lord of lords. Adonai. He even rules over those who are his enemies. Yes, even over the wicked and rebellious. And so he had every right and authority to go down there to Sodom and Gomorrah and mete out his justice. For he is Lord over all. 
Adonai. What was Abraham? What was Abraham in comparison to the Lord Adonai? I am dust and ashes, Abraham confesses. His body grew old and returned to dust. Yes, even the greatest accomplishments of man are swept away like specks of dust on the winds of time. And Abraham knew that even the best that he did would not stand up before the holy fire of God's justice. It was all as worthless as ashes. Abraham knew he was nothing but dust and ashes before the Lord Adonai. And that's what we need to note here as we think about that persistence. Abraham persisted as he made his his plea with the Lord here. He persisted not because of any so-called self-worth. As he wasn't figuring to himself, yes, I need to keep on asking because I'm worth an answer here. I deserve an answer. No. No. There is no room for pride when we plead with Adonai. For we are humble servants. We approach him as unworthy servants. Nothing but dust and ashes. But why then? Why did Abraham bother to persist in his prayer? If he knew he was but dust, dust, dust and ashes, why? Why call out? Why plead? Abraham persisted because the Lord is just. And Abraham was convinced that the Lord would do what was right. And that's why Abraham kept on praying there. He kept on pleading with the Lord Adonai because he knew that the Lord who rules over all rules with justice. That's what he brings out here as he says, Will you really sweep Sodom away and not spare the place for the sake of 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, killing the righteous and the wicked so that the righteous are treated the same as the wicked. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth act justly? Reflect on your prayers. Do they sound like Abraham's pleading with the Lord to do what is right for others? Rather than vibrating with our own selfish wants, do we pray in tune with what the Lord wants? Do our desires reverberate in sync with His desires? Humble your will under His, so that what you want matches what He wants. Fill your heart with His Word, so that your thoughts echo His thoughts. For you see, it is, it is His Word that brings you and me into tune with His will. And this, dear friends, this leads to God-pleasing persistence in prayer, We persist because we're convinced 
that the Lord will do what is right and good, just as Abraham was convinced of that. For we know, we trust, that the Lord rules over all with justice. And his word has brought us to love his justice. And so we keep on pleading. We keep on praying. Pleading with the Lord, Adonai. Pleading with humble persistence. For he rules over all with justice. Now, maybe all this talk about justice has caused a little quaking in your heart. How can I stand up underneath the justice of the Lord who rules over all? Like Abraham, I'm nothing but dust and ashes. Even the best that I do cannot endure his courtroom. His justice will condemn me. His justice will send, the fire and br- me, will send me to the fire and brimstone of hell. How could there have been 50 righteous in Sodom? Even 10 righteous. There aren't 10 righteous people on the face of the earth, are there? Is there anyone that's really righteous? Hasn't the Bible made that clear? How unrighteous we sinners are? Romans 3 says, there is, uh, there is no one who is righteous, not even one. They have turned away. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. They have all turned away. Altogether they have become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Yes, the Bible makes it clear that we are nothing but dust and ashes, all of us. There was one, one who was righteous, the Lord Jesus Christ. And to see what that means for you and me, let's go back to those Middle Ages, to that that, uh, uh, medieval manor. Now, I would guess that many, many lords, no doubt, were more concerned about their own safety and comfort rather than about their people. But a good Lord, a good Lord would take care of his people. A good Lord would protect them from the bandits and marauders and raiders. Yes, he might even bleed and die for them on the battlefield. Abraham called out to the Lord because Abraham knew that the Lord was sending the Savior He knew how much the Lord cared. For you see, our Lord, Abraham's Lord, is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is Adonai. He is the Lord. And he is much greater than even the best of those medieval lords. For he laid down his life on the battlefield of the cross for you and for me. The Apostle John writes, If anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. Yes, dear friend, Jesus Christ is your Lord. For he has sacrificed himself for you. 
He has paid for your sins. Because, as John says, He did it for the sins of the entire world. So that must include you. He gives you His righteousness. For He is the righteous one. Yes, that was Abraham's faith. That the coming Savior would pay for his sins and cover him with his righteousness so that it was freely credited to him. All who believe in Jesus are righteous. Not with their own righteousness. They are righteous because the righteousness of Jesus Christ counts for them. And that is your faith, dear friend. That is your faith. And that faith that trusts the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and the righteousness that our Lord gives to us, that faith that looks to Him who bled and died for us on that battlefield of the cross to pay for our sins and cover us with righteousness, that faith, that faith boldly persists in calling out to our Lord, for we know how greatly He cares for us. This is a boldness that is not based on our own worthiness. No, it is based on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And this too brings us back to that name, Adonai. For you see, it not only can be translated Lord, it also means my Lord. And how wonderfully that ties in with what we've just been talking about here. Jesus is your Lord You belong to Him. You are His blood-bought people. He has ransomed you to be His own so that you can cry out to Him, My Lord. Oh yes, Jesus truly is Lord over all. But only His people can properly call Him My Lord. In the end, when the unbelievers and even the demons to their unending horror must acknowledge the lordship of Jesus Christ, that forced acknowledgement is not faith calling out my Lord. But you, today, like Abraham, cry out, Adonai, my Lord, for Jesus is your Lord who has ransomed you to be His people. That's why Martin Luther teaches us to confess in the explanation to the second article of the Apostles' Creed, I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned creature, purchased and won me from all sin, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with His holy, precious blood and with His innocent suffering and death. Jesus is your Lord, Adonai. Abraham pleaded with the Lord. He pleaded with humble persistence. For he believed that the God of all was his Lord, who would keep him safe and save him through the Savior who was coming and bringing him righteousness and redemption. With that same faith in the Savior who has come and redeemed you, we also call out 
and plead with the Lord. We plead with humble persistence, for we are convinced that our Lord rules over all with justice, for he has risen from the dead. And we plead with humble persistence, because we believe and trust that he has redeemed us to be his people, so that he is our Lord, Adonai. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.